really stay with the word, God will really come through. God is a faithful God. God has been doing things um, in this ministry. It's, you know, I have to believe God for uh, family and for ministry as well. And uh, I've never seen he's so faithful. I can ask him, you know, to do something uh, in this area. And he, to, he does it right where you can't doubt. I've had this happen over and over and over again with regards to the church. I don't want to talk to the uh, people about finances, uh, but when I know I need to talk to God, and I did, and I'm very specific, I tell him exactly what I want. And it's always amazing. And the following Sunday, that's what it is. And he doesn't do it so, you know, overboard. Irene, I can talk to you about this, where you are unsure. You're very sure because it's right at that point and a little bit over. And it's not that that excites me. You understand what I'm saying? But the faithfulness of our God. And I believe he's not doing it just because of a church. He loves us, not the building, not, you know, what we're doing. You are loved by God and he wants to take care of you. He really does. He wants to take care of us. We are the one that's limit, we're limiting him because of what's going on in our minds, because of what the flesh is doing. And then we consider our circumstances and all of that. And we don't really look forward to him really helping. And even when we pray, we are still unsure. We are hoping he does something. And you really don't even look so you can have a testimony. You pray and you just expect, okay, whatever. But I really want you to pray those prayers and really look to God that he's going to do exactly what you prayed for. And Jesus said, I'm not going to ask the Father to give to you. He loves you. He says, the Father himself, he loves you. You won't ask me anything. You ask him, he loves you. He's going to take care of you. Uh, He takes care of us so that we can be free to do his work. And not be concerned about these other things that are, you know, tools with which to do his work. Am I getting clear? It's so important. God loves us. And uh, we just don't say those prayers when we speak the word. Like I said on Sunday, God actually rebukes the devourer. And he has his windows of heaven opened to pour out upon us a blessing. If we can do it ourselves and bless ourselves, there is no need for God to pour it down, right? But he promised he's going to do that if we are faithful. So we should trust him that once we're doing exactly what he wants us to do, then he blesses us. That's who he is. He wants to bless us. But most of the time we're thinking about our own resources, what we can do, and how is God going to do this How am I going to get this miracle? Jesus said, that's not your business. Just do your part and leave the rest to him. And let him decide how he's going to bring this blessing to you. Just trust him. That's the way to live the Christian life. It's so, so important uh, that we recognize that. Joshua, it's good to see you tonight. And your wife, we're so glad to have you here. Tonight, I want to, I want to, actually preach to you the gospel. It is the gospel. (laughs) It's good news. What we'll be talking about tonight is really good 
news. Father, we thank you for your words. Speak to our hearts tonight. Give us understanding in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is the second part of this message. I, I, I believe this is the gospel. And I title it, Don't Let Sin Reign. Don't let sin reign. The gospel is we are no longer servants or slaves of sin. We're free. We're free from sin. It's only what I allow, it's only what you allow that can have power over your life. God has truly freed us from this. And God wants us to renew our minds to this new reality. That you are truly free from the power of sin. You don't have to be sin conscious anymore because he loves you and sin is not an issue in your life. Are you going to struggle from time to time? Yes. Part of you. That's not the real you. The real you has, has been born again. You are a new creature. The body of sin, that's taken away. We have to believe the gospel. That's no longer you. You are a new person. You have been made in righteousness. You are now a servant of righteousness. Stay on that part and don't stay on the part of sin because that person is no longer alive. That person is dead. You are a new person. So you can't say, I can't help myself. Because God has already helped you. Amen. So you are no longer bound to sin. That's the gospel that Jesus came to free us from the power of sin. It's not just something to say. It's a reality. You can actually live it out in the natural because Jesus did it for us. If we don't experience it in the natural, then he didn't do anything for us. We're still in it. But he died to separate us, to free us from the power of sin. Sin cannot be a part of our lives. We're free from it. That's the good news. Because sin is deadly. Sin will shut the doors to all goodness in our lives. So God took care of it. God took care of sickness. Everything that would depress us or put us down, God's put all of those things aside for our goodness, for, because of his goodness, for our own good. It's for our benefit. Jesus did all of these things. And we honor him when we believe these things and speak of these things that he has done for us and be glad and rejoice. Hey, look at what God has done for me. He's freed me from this stuff. Your mind, that's another world of his own. And he's telling you, no, you still look like you and you still think. But you have to believe the gospel that this is the truth. Every time you hear the word of God preached, what's really happening, there is the spirit of God, the word of God, the spirit, Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they they are life. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, it says, it's the word of faith that we preach. It's a word of faith that we preach. That once you hear the word of faith, and that word of faith is saying you have been freed from the power of sin. It's a word of faith. And when you believe it, and you accept it, it said the word is in your mouth, right? And in your heart. Romans chapter 10. That if you believe with your heart, and you confess, you 
will be saved. In other words, if you believe this gospel that it says it's already in your mouth and in your heart, that means you have to say it. For with the heart, man believes how? Unto righteousness. You can't be righteous doing stuff. You believe unto righteousness. You believe and righteousness becomes a part of your life. You are born into righteousness. You believe with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's how you get to being separated from this problem. But as long as you believe that we are all sinners, you should never say that about yourself. Because you are not a sinner, you were a sinner. You can't say we are sinners, you were a sinner, but God saved you from sin. And if you keep saying you are still a sinner, you are confessing that that's exactly where you are. But the word of God says, no, you have been saved from sin, you were a sinner, now you are a saint, according to the word of God. And we must believe that and accept it. This is the gospel, that's the good news. Uh, Jesus tells us this way. In John chapter 8 verse 34, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin or whoever practices sin is a slave of sin. Whether you like it or not, if you accept that, that that's part of your life and you are acting that way and doing it, you are a slave of sin. That's John chapter 8 verse 34. The second part, Jesus speaking, most assuredly, Jesus is saying, let me assure you, if you commit sin, you are a slave of sin. If you practice sin, whether you call yourself a Christian or not, if that's a practice in your life, you are still a slave of sin. But then when you go to Romans chapter 6, verse 20, For we were slaves of sin. All of us believers, Christians, we used to be, that's the word, slaves of sin, you know, you were free, he said, we were, you were free in regards to righteousness. For when we were slaves of sin, we were free in regards to righteousness. So there was nothing righteous. You're free with regards to righteousness. There's nothing righteous you can do. You are a slave of sin. But now that you have been free from sin, you are now a slave of righteousness. That's just the word. You can't be in both ways. You can't be in both places at the same time. You're either one way or you're on the other part. Now that you God himself, he's, and God is the one telling us that we used to be slaves of sin, which Jesus said, if you commit sin, if you practice sin, you are a slave of sin. Now you no longer can practice sin because you are not a slave. A slave doesn't have a choice about anything that's done in the home. You do what your master wants you to do. Right? But now that you are free from that, you are no longer a slave. You can't be driven by this old master. You're free. And God is asking us to believe these things. He's asking us to trust, believe these things, accept it. That's the good news we're preaching to you, that you're free from this sin. You don't have to be. You know, well, let's go get this counselor, let's go get counsel here. Hey, all of that may help, but that's all flesh. The thing has got to be by faith. You have to believe it and begin to believe and begin to speak what you believe. In 
in contradiction to what's going on in your heart, how you feel. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not how you feel. It's what the Word says. So you begin to speak what the Word says, even against what's happening to your life in the natural. And guess what? You shall know the truth. One day the devil says it's over. We can't we can't walk with this guy. He knows too much. Amen. We can't deal with this fellow anymore. He's not doing good business with us anymore. Business is really bad with this guy these days. Can you hear what he's saying? For with the heart man believe unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto Salvation. As long as you keep accepting and saying we are still sinners, we all sin every day. You heard that before? As long as you keep saying it, that's what you believe, right? And you are saying it with your mouth, that's what you get. And you constantly feel condemned. You really cannot believe God for anything because you feel condemned every time you come into his presence. And you can't really trust him. You're not sure if he really loves you because you know your heart is not clean. That's why uh, Hebrews chapter 10 says when you come into his presence, your conscience must be purged with pure water, right? So that you can be accepted. And this has already been done for you. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's why it's by faith and by grace that we come into this. For by grace are you saved through faith. By grace I've been separated from this strong power of addiction. This strong thing called sin that the whole world is going after is by grace that I've been saved. How? Through faith. How faith? You believe in your heart. You speak it with your mouth. And you get what the result. Satan cannot, cannot tolerate it. Many of you have prayed with people who are demon possessed, right? Or demonized. And sometimes the demons will tell you, uh, we have a right to be here. We're not going to go anywhere. And then you tell them, say, no, but the individual says, you can't stay. Right? You got to leave. Guess what they do? They'll kick and scream and fight, but they eventually leave sometimes. Sometimes they just quietly leave. This is too much for us. This guy knows too much. Amen? Do I have to box with the demon? No. I just speak what I believe. Amen? And just through words, they know to leave. And you're dealing with something you can't see. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then they are responding and you see a changed life. That tells me I can do the same thing with my life. It's still the same word of God, right? So when I speak the word of God, I can be free. I can free myself. I can decide no demon oppress me. I know the truth now. You know, I've shared this story here before. How, you know, in those days I used to think that, you know, my apartment was too, or my home where I lived, I really apartment, was too close close to a graveyard. That's why I was experiencing this oppression. (laughs) It's every night to sleep, you know, I got, uh, those of us from overseas, you understand that you got, maybe it's happened to you, you know, you're sleeping and all of a sudden, it's like something comes over you. You can't even move your hand. And you're trying to speak and call the name of Jesus. You don't know what's going on. But nothing comes out. You're doing... And then all of a sudden, you're free. Is that ever happened to anybody here? 
Nobody? Oh, good. <laughs> That's good that you, it doesn't happen to you. I didn't know what was doing that. It was really frightening. I knew from my background at home, but I didn't know how to stop it. And I said, you know, I used to just cry out to Jesus. You know, I would say things like, God the Father, God the Son, or I need help. Man, what is this? And after a while, when he was going too much, I was saying, God, I don't know what's really going on. I don't know why these things happen to me. How am I going to be free? It was just a demon, a little demon, because he knew that was oppressive to me and I was concerned and afraid. He did it all constantly. But then finally God says, why are you just screaming to me? That little demon is right in the corner of your room screaming, just laughing at you while you're screaming, Jesus, help me, help me. He says, look, he's so scared, he's laughing at you. I got revelation. And I sat back up and I told that demon, I, I didn't, there was nothing in the room. You understand what I'm saying? He press, it comes over you, you can't speak. And I found out from a friend back home, if that continues to happen before long, you'll have a terminal disease. You're going to kill you if you don't stop it. I knew that was no good thing going on. There's something they want from me. If you're not experiencing it, that's okay. But I was going through that, and it was really funny. It was really bad for me. But then God told me that he says, when you keep screaming at me and calling, and, and you're so scared, because that's what I did. I would immediately get out of my bed, kneel by my bed, and say, Jesus, Jesus, please help me. And I'm telling the demon to go, but all of it, I'm coming with fear. And they, they knew that to laugh at me, they come back the next day for more fun over my life, you know, to deal with me. But God explained that to me, and I felt so bad. You know, so it's a little demon, you know. That's what I deal with them when people talk with demon possessed. I'm possessed of the, I have the Holy Spirit. Possessed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be afraid of any demon. This is a powerful spirit I'm possessed with, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Why should I be scared in calling uh, uh, God to come and help me when I got all the power in here? And so finally, after I found out, this is new revelation. I was so can't wait for this thing to come back. Amen. And when he did it this next time, I was mad. No crying to Jesus. I, there was nothing in the room. I sat down. I said, come here. Stand right there. There was nobody in the room. Okay? And I point my finger I told myself, if Jesus can speak to a tree, I can speak to the air. You know? <laughs> I said, I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I have the Holy Ghost. As if to remind him, he already knows. But I have fear as well. Amen. <laughs> but I'm not afraid anymore. I said, you don't do that to me. Okay? You don't do that to me. Now, this is the last day you do that to me. Now, get out of this room. <laughs> and now, uh, he stopped. He stopped. I don't have to be afraid of it anymore. I've shared here when I went to Nigeria, they were telling me, oh, you, they said, uh, we call it, if you've been in Nigeria, they call it juju. There's a big juju in this, this village, and all the villagers know about it, and uh, you better fast and pray, because if you bring this new gospel, he's going to be really mad. I said, well, let him be mad. Let him go and fast and pray. Because when I come into that town, this demon knows to leave. I'm not praying. I already prayed in America before I came here. Amen? I shared this here before. And a few days after the a few uh, crusades, the villagers themselves said, we don't see that demon anymore. There's really nothing to fear. My point is, and I'm not different from any one of you, the same power resides in you. 
Many times, you know, I was in the pastor doing this stuff. You know what I mean? You don't have to be a minister. The same grace, the same power is available to you. But my point is, if you can deal with things that you can see that affects your life in the natural, you can also deal with the power of sin that Jesus took care of. And through the same word, and you can be free. Unless you start making excuses why you can't be free. Sometimes we say, well, he runs in the family. My father is hot-blooded. He screams all the time. And he's come down to me. It's a generation where you can break it. You, you really can break it. Let it stop with you so that your children don't have to pick that up. You can stop it. That's why it's good news. If your father was an angry man and he murdered somebody and now you're thinking you're getting angry about the day and one day I'm going to kill somebody, well, stop it. You have the grace of God in you and you can put a stop to it so that it ends with your generation and then the generation after you will enjoy the grace of God. You can put a stop to it. You become the Abraham for the generations to come to look up to what you did. With your God to put a stop to that stupid thing in your life. Because we are no longer slaves of sin. We are now slaves of righteousness. Your righteousness is slave. How are we set free from sin? Uh, just through death. <laughs> through, through, uh, dead people don't sin, right? Dead people don't sin through death. A dead man cannot be a slave. Huh? You can't take a dead man to your home and say, I want you to be my slave. Everyone says, you're stupid. He's dead. He can't be a slave. He can't do nothing for you. We were slaves of sin, and the way God put an end to it is he made us to die in Christ. And until you believe that you are truly dead in Christ, it's going to be hard to be free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So that's what God says, even though your mind, because we live both in the natural, and that's what Jesus had. He was both a natural human being and God. But also with us, as children of God, you have your natural self, but there is a part of you that's God. If you have the Holy Ghost, there's a part of you that walks around that's God. You didn't make it, he did. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, that's God. Tell me what you got inside of you. When you are able to speak in tongues and pray, you, don't, you didn't learn the language, right? That's God speaking through you. You can do it every time, anytime. You can wake up at night and pray. That's God. Why don't we really think about these things? If we really meditate in it, you know God is constantly with you. How many of us will be afraid, even if you're walking through a dark alley, and you can actually see Jesus walking by your side? Would you be afraid of anything? It's no way to be afraid. That's Jesus there. But you carry him everywhere you go. The only thing is we have a natural mind that's constantly telling us, us lean towards the natural so that we don't see ourselves the way they see us, that's the spirit realm, that we are also spiritual beings. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You have been born of the spirit. There's a part of you that's God, like God. 
We don't think on that, and Satan doesn't, certainly doesn't want us to think that way. That there's a part of us like, place like him. And he is holy, he is righteous. And he wants to walk through us. He sees the world through our eyes. He shows you things so you can have compassion and minister to people. And then miracles take place. Did you do? No, he was the one doing it through you. He needs you. That's the only thing God doesn't have today. He doesn't have flesh and blood to go around and meet people and heal them. And minister to them like Jesus did while he was here. He de- he's depending on us. And whatever was available to Christ is available to us. How to access that is the issue. But one of the things that hinder us from accessing that is the issue of sin. That's why the Bible talks about he that is free should have no sin consciousness. So we'll be made free. So the way to get out of that is number one, that's three things, reckon or consider yourself truly dead. Dead people don't sin. Once they are buried, they can't go to the bar anymore. A dead person is dead. You can't make him drink anymore. Amen. Amen. That's what it says in Romans chapter 6 verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead. How? Indeed to sin. The question he's telling us, you consider yourself really because your body doesn't feel that way, okay? But he's saying, I want you to consider yourself to be dead indeed to sin. We have to reckon that. We have to constantly, I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the thing. Reckon yourself. This is not a suggestion. He wants you to do it. He wants you to reckon yourself. You are no longer slaves of sin. Reckon yourself as dead to sin. I remember a fellow, his name is Michael, minister, he's gone to be with the Lord. He got saved, a really bubbly uh, individual. He's just really happy guy and was very, very effective. I became a national evangelist of the Assemblies of God in Nigeria. You know, somebody that I knew, I stayed, the lady we were sending some money to Nigeria for, for some time because the man died and he was abandoned. she was abandoned and I felt really bad. And I told myself before our church started, God, if you help me, I will do something to help this lady. Some of us have met her in Nigeria, but her husband was that kind of bubbly personality. He was a really wicked guy before he got saved. And he said one day he was going out and uh, somebody said, uh, Mike, Michael, it's good to see you. Let's go to this place to drink. He told that fellow, the, what Michael you're talking about is dead. And the fellow says, but this you, Michael, you're here. He says, no, that one is dead. <laughs> he says, he's dead. The guy was baffled. What are you talking about? Michael is dead. That's you. No, the one you're talking about, the bar, he's dead. And he didn't understand. But that's the way Michael lived his life. Very fervent. You consider yourself dead to according to the word of God. Don't make excuse for it. Even if it's going on, still, no, that's not me. That real person is dead. God, you help me. Because God is always on your side. He's never condemning you, even if when you're struggling. Amen? He's always on your side. He wants you to be free. He's not going to condemn you. The, the scripture to that, if a man has a hundred sheep, and one is going astray, 
he leaves the remaining 99 to help this one. So the one that's having some trouble, God is not condemning you because things are going bad in your life. He wants to encourage you. That you can be free. And part of the way he encourages you is to show you from the word, maybe through your study, maybe somebody preaching, somebody teaching, that yes, there is freedom here. Until you get to the place where he wants you. Amen? That's what he wants to do for us. So reckon yourself to be indeed dead to sin. That's the way God wants us. The second thing, do not let uh, sin reign. He says in Romans chapter 6 verse 12, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Don't allow it. You may allow it, but then switch immediately. Go back. Don't let it happen. Don't let sin rule over you. It's not like you're not going to sin, you're sin, but don't let it become a habit. Don't let it reign. That's what he's saying to you. Don't let anything reign over you. If unbelievers can see it and they start talking to you about it, even if it's not wrong, even if it's not wrong, it's something right, but it's a concern. Paul says, I will be enslaved by nothing. I will not allow anything to enslave me. Food for the belly, belly for food. God see, Paul says, they all, die. They all become, you know, they all go their way. But I will not allow anything to, to have control over my life. And if it becomes an issue, then that's what I do. He says, therefore, because of everything that I've said to you, you shouldn't allow. And what he says to us is, reckon yourself, that's verse 11. Verse 12 is saying, because of what I've told you, don't allow it. Do not let sin reign over your mortal bodies. Not like you cannot sin, but don't let them have control over you. Don't let sin control your life. That you should obey it in its its laws. Verse 14, 14 says, For sin, the reason I'm telling you is because sin shall not have, what? Dominion over you. Sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin shall not. In other words, it's not saying you can't sin, but you, you shouldn't have dominion over you where, you know, I can't help myself. Kind of thing. Oh, this is the way I am. And, and but he's causing so much trouble in your home. Your kids are uncomfortable. <laughs> he's maybe, he's almost taking your job away from you. And you know this wrong. And you say to yourself, you can't. As a Christian, you can't help yourself. That thing should not reign. Don't let it have dominion over you. If it's anger, deal with it. By using the word. By using the word, sin shall not mention that anger. You will not have dominion over me. I know what you want. You want to destroy my family. But by the grace of God, I will fight. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God, what? Suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. You refuse. And this will destroy your home. So you reckon yourself. How do you refuse? You reckon yourself. That's not me. That's not me. God forgive me. And the good thing about this, First John chapter uh, one verse nine, he says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to what cleanse us from how all unrighteousness." So when it's through, after your confession, when it's through, it's like nothing happened. You're back righteous the way you used to be before that happened. Amen. So that thing will not have dominion. Even though you've slipped. Amen? He shouldn't. You turn your back, you go back home. 
to your father. And he puts a new robe on you. Amen. And then you can enjoy your new robe and your new shoes in the home. Your righteous robe and all of that. In your father's house. Amen. And while you celebrate. That's the kind of father we have. He's such a good God. He doesn't condemn us. I, if you read in Isaiah 54. He says God say I've sworn. I'll never be angry with you. Isn't that good? <laughs> he says I, I've sworn. I, I'm taking an oath. I'll never be angry with you. Never miss, never. Why would he be angry in the first place? You don't, somebody's, right? But he's taking an oath never to be angry with us. Just to help us if we are willing to take us where we should go. The issue of sin is that causes us so much trouble. And it comes, causes so much trouble to our family. And everything that we put our hands to. God knows is evil. So he wants it out of our lives. Then we must put off that flesh. He says in Romans chapter 6, verse 6, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That's what we're talking about. That it's no longer you. That old man was crucified with Christ. We must reckon that while Jesus was on the cross, that was me there. Amen? That was me there. In God. That was me there. It was that good luck. He's dying. That old sinful fellow, he's dying. Amen. He's dying. That old man was crucified with Christ that the body of sin might be done away with. So that body of sin he's being done away with that we should no longer be what? Again, slaves of sin. No longer. No longer slaves of sin. Don't ever claim that you are a sinner. <laughs> Always claim you were a sinner. You were a sinner. But you are no longer, according to the scriptures, slaves of sin. But you know what happens when people say, well, everybody's doing it. Well, you are not everybody. Amen. You are not everybody. You're different. You have been born of God. So everybody may be doing it, but no. Yeah. And then they say, well, that brother is doing it. Well, he may want to do it. He may have chosen to allow himself to be a slave, but you don't have to. You don't have to go there. You don't know how that's going to end, do you? Why do you want to go there? That's why the Bible says, don't compare yourselves with one another. You you just fall flat if you do that. I can't compare myself to Pastor Wendy. We're different. And God is using him in his own way. He, how God is using him can challenge me to press on to God. But if God wants to do something, he's going to do it in another way, different from this man. But if somebody is doing something, I don't have to go there. Because everyone is doing it. And God doesn't like it. I've got to be free. You know the scripture that is so clear. When an evil spirit is gone out of a man. He goes out walking in dry places. And if he doesn't find a place of rest. He says I'm going back to, the, to my home. Oh wow. The devil calling my, my body's home. That's not a good thing. <laughs> he says I'm going back to my home. Where you know, I was driven from. And when he gets back in there, he says, wow, wonderful. Who cleaned this place up? 
This is wonderful. I'm going to get my buddies so we can come, come and have fun in this place and have a good party. In my life, God forbid. Amen? Amen. We don't want to go there. So put off that old man. In other words, how do you put, put that old man off? By the words of your mouth. For by, by your faith, by your faith in your heart, that's how you are made righteous. And it's the confession of your mouth. That's what brings your salvation. So you confess that, that the old man is no longer made. Just like Michael said, that man that you're talking about is dead. That's not me. He said, well, but you are Michael. He said, yeah, I know. But that Michael is dead. Amen. So we must, we must believe that with our heart. The problem is really with the flesh. And the Bible makes that very clear. And that's what we find in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in my flesh, that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. That's before you were saved. Because it says in verse 5 of that same chapter, it starts describing the nature of the flesh from verse 5, uh, Romans chapter 7, for when we were in the flesh, hey, good word, when we were in the flesh, so you guys are not in the flesh anymore, but I can still see you, Ennis. So how can you say you are not in the flesh? <laughs> That's how the scripture says it. And we just have to believe it. You don't have to understand it. Just accept it. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we don't know these things, but we believe it. But when you were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work. So when you were in the flesh, that's when the sinful passions were, were working in your life. But now you are no longer in the flesh. And you can read Romans chapter 8. He says, but you are not in the flesh. And I'm thinking, so what am I? I'm still around. <laughs> but that's what the word says. He wants us to believe that. So the problem really is with the flesh. And if you read again in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, that's the way we put it up. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ is the one living his life through me now. That's the way Paul lived his life. He saw Jesus, the same Jesus, just using the body of Paul. To do these things. <laughs> Paul was just the carcass in which Jesus was operating. God needs a body on the earth. He's no longer here. Paul was available. And Paul is saying, for Paul, Paul was crucified. That man died. Now I live. Jesus is living in me. He says, the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith, so we have to do it by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you're living by faith. The way to allow Christ to live through you is going to be by faith. The real you, that flesh, is already dead. Romans chapter 8 is a key there. Verse 3, you know how Romans chapter 8 begins. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. So, 
the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. So we got two laws. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and then the law of sin and death. And this is the key here. Verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. I want to go back to verse 3. And that's why I started quoting. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak. Please help me. It was weak through the flesh. So the law could not make us righteous because of a problem with the flesh. God did. The, the law couldn't do it. But God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. And on account of sin, because of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, he put to death sin in the flesh. In our flesh. He put to death sin in the flesh. How that the righteous requirement of the law, what the law demanded of us, what God the law should have done for us, but this, the flesh could not, will not allow that. The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So now we can walk according to the flesh or according to the spirit. So what you mind will rule over your life. If you start minding the things of the flesh, and that's what you are focused on, just the things of the flesh, that will rule over your life, whether you are Christian or not. So it's according to whether you mind the things of the spirit or you mind the things of the flesh. And that's why you feel sorry for people. When you come into the very presence of God, and people make a habit of going to church, being in the house of God, He takes your mind away from the things of the flesh. At least for the time that you are in the house of God, and the word of God is being preached to you, the word washes your mind. Because Jesus said you are clean. How? Because of the words that I've spoken to you. That used to really amaze me. I mean, these guys didn't even know that they were being cleansed. They had no clue. Jesus had to reveal to them that you were being washed because you're listening to what I'm saying. And you're accepting what I'm saying. Something is happening to your life while you're hearing the word of God. And I'm going to close tonight with this. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. So the more you try, all I have to do is to make myself available to the word of God. And the word of God will do the rest. Amen. All I have to do is believe that word and the word will do the rest of it. Once you believe, the spirit of the word is released into your life. It's the spirit of faith that we are talking about. You can't do it. It's not by might. It's not by power. But by the spirit of God. But as you hear the word, something is happening inside of you. Your mind is being transformed. And all of a sudden, you just don't like that stuff anymore. <laughs> you just don't. I have a friend. His name is Nat from Malaysia. We, we spoke to him. He got saved. But uh, every time I took him to church, he, he, he wouldn't smoke. He was respectful. But as soon as he gets out of my car, man, he'll, he'll light up. <laughs> and he enjoys his stuff. But I knew not to say what to him because that's not the issue here. Amen. It wasn't a big deal. He wouldn't go to hell because he was smoking. I knew that. But there was no need to talk to him about it. 
But a few months went by, he got filled with the Holy Ghost and everything. And one day, Nat was standing out somewhere, and somebody was smoking. And Nat was very angry. I hate this stuff, he said. I hate it. I don't like anybody to smoke around me. He was just carrying on. I said, uh, Nat, have you forgotten you used to smoke? You know? He said, I know. I said, but well, nobody said anything to you. He said, well, I, mean, I hate this stuff. I said, yeah, your life has been transformed now. But then you smoked, and it was a part of your life. And now what, the things that he really loved, he was on the other direction. He just called me from Malaysia. He came in. He's, one day he'll be here. Uh, I'm here. One day he'll be in church here. But I still remember when he got saved. Nobody was telling him anything. We were clear. We knew not to talk to him about his smoking and all that stuff. We were glad he was saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> but as he heard the word of God, his life got changed. His life got transformed. And that thing fell away. I don't know when. But I finally, yeah. Because he was so mad, mad this night. He was almost screaming with anger. And I had to pull him down. Brother, forget these guys. Pray for them. Don't get angry. You used to be one of them. Amen. That's what God will do. His word can actually transform your life. What the law could not do because it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son. son. And on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Sin in my flesh, in your flesh, has been condemned. Powerless. The only power it has is what I give to it. But if I decide I don't want this stuff anymore, I'm tired of it. God help me. And as I draw near to my father, you really can't draw near to God. What's his address? You want to go there? (laughs) But once your heart is there to get to him, guess what? He draws near to you. And when he draws near to you, you're really near to him then. And as he comes in, you come into his presence and he comes into your life, things just begin to fall off. Only through the word. For by grace we have been saved through faith. And that not of ourselves. Is the gift of God. So we don't boast about it. Stand up with me tonight. Appreciate all of you listening. I pray that this will help you. It's always helped me. Really helped me. And knowing I can by the grace to separate. God doesn't condemn me. When I do wrong. But I don't want that stuff. Amen. I want to do what is right. Because God lives inside of me. And I want him to be able to flow through me and reach other lives. Amen. Father God, we thank you tonight. This is what you call the hidden gospel. Hidden from the foundations of your world. That you revealed to your servant, Paul. To preach to us. With excitement. That truly we can be free from this deadly thing called sin. And from everything that comes through sin. Into the lives of humans on the earth. But because of the good, your goodness. Because of the things that your son has done for us. His death on the cross. The sacrifice that he's made. We can be free from sin. From sickness and disease. From poverty and everything that troubles the world. We thank you for bringing to us the kingdom of God from heaven. And making us a part of that kingdom 
on the earth. We're grateful, O oh God. Lord, I know that things have changed in the lives of your people tonight because they've heard the word, the truth from the word of God. Just your word. You're transforming us through your word. And we are grateful. We are being transformed from glory to glory because of the mighty grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Be with us and uh, release upon our lives your multiplied grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.